It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The nation is pausing today on this 80th anniversary of the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. They did nothing short of have changed the course of human history this morning. Some of the last survivors are gathering in Hawaii to remember and to reflect of the Americans who died there. It takes time to get a dozen or so 90-somethings and 100-somethings off a bus. they just flown in from the mainland. They are World War II veterans in Hawaii for the 80th anniversary. This is the Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. They each had tags identifying where they had served. An impressive bunch, no question. Some of the last of the greatest generation. Hi, girls. How are y'all? Thank you. One of the men was here in Hawaii, December 7th, 1941, part of a radar crew. How old were you when you signed up? 18. To be over here, to see this. Like 16 million other Americans in World War II who wore a uniform, who served, who did their bit. You know, a lot of people look up to all of you as heroes. Well, yeah. We did our job. We, we love our country. That's the matter the most to me. Eightieth anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attacks by Japan on Tuesday, December seventh, twenty twenty one. Here's the eightieth anniversary. Wow, there was a, you know, we think back then there was a, a feeling of unity, man, toward a common goal that America had, and I've talked about it. How, you know, we we uh, rightfully so called them the greatest generation. They stood up against fascism. They stood up against communism, and here we are having to stand up against that inside our own country. So, hey, it might be, uh, not might be, it is our call to stand up and to emulate the greatest generation, but that sense of unity is not in America, and that's really sad here as we look back 80 years ago on that military strike by the Imperial Japanese Navy at Pearl Harbor. Let's see, it happened at 7.48 a.m. local time 80 years ago to this day. It killed 2,403 United States personnel. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour here, we're going to be have our in-studio guest joining us, Clovis Veterans uh, District, uh, Lorenzo Rios, the Veterans District, and also he's a, he, I call him a veterans activist, man. He he fights for them. Paul Luffler's going to be in studio as well. We're going to pause and, and honor the sacrifice as we're doing right now and as many people should do. And tell your kids about it. Sit them down. Watch a documentary. Show them what happened 80 years ago. 68 civilians lost their lives. Uh, we had 19 U.S. Navy ships either destroyed or damaged. We built back quick. Yeah, build back better. Let's see Joe Biden rebuild ships after the Japanese blew them up. They wouldn't even know how to get started. Uh, included eight battleships that happened. And the day after, 
on, uh, let's see, that well, December 8th, uh, we declared war on Japan. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. Yep, uh, that's President Franklin Roosevelt. He also said, always will we remember the character of the onslaught against us. No matter how long it may take for us to overcome this premeditated invasion, the American people and their righteous might will win through to absolute victory with confidence in our armed forces. With the unbounded determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. It's kind of kind of safe to say, wouldn't you say, that the, the purpose that the greatest generation had, that the leadership in America had, that the American people had what they felt during World War II, I don't know if we've been able to duplicate that that again. 9-11, we had it for, what, 16 days, let's say, right? I don't think we, we've been able to, to tap into that uh, again. I wonder why. Honesty, decency, hope, leaving nobody behind. Yeah, okay, uh, this is kind of sad to report. The Ronald Reagan Presidential Foundation found that the number of Americans who said they have uh, have a lot of confidence and trust in the military has dropped from 70% to 45% in just the past three years. Since February of this year, it's, I mean, this is stunning. It had an 11-point drop, right? And I'm not talking about the people serving. Uh, it's, the, it's the leadership or the lack uh, of leadership, right? My job is to make judgments no one else can or will make. Yeah, I mean, this survey found that a majority of the country believes that communist China is our greatest threat. But at the same time, when you see trust and confidence in the, in the military, you know, go down to 45 percent, that, that's, that's not good. And again, it has nothing to do with the love of the people who who wear the uniform of the U.S. military. You know, this was focused on the on the military as an organization and the, and the, the lack of leadership uh, that we've seen in here. But I, I'm not surprised. Right. I mean, the leadership, the lack of leadership in our military is more interested in, you know, getting rights for transgender soldiers than they are about winning wars. They didn't. They failed. They failed. These generals uh, failed to push back against Biden's plans in, in Afghanistan. And, and what did we end up with? Thirteen caskets with flags on them coming home, and Joe Biden checking his watch. Remember, remember that. There's been so much to be to be angry about. It's like you do forget uh, some of these things. That's what I'm telling you about it. And uh, whoever we elect in 2024, man, they got to make the military a top priority, getting that 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 back in in, in shape and the the, the outrage. And I, I'm was it September? It was September. Wasn't it when yeah when uh, we stranded hundreds or even thousands of Americans and Afghans, and there's still some there. Was it the end of August? Yeah, okay. Uh, it starts to blur, but uh, we know this, that he uh, ordered Americans out of the country, right, and said, oh, now time to get out, left behind all the all the war machinery and the people, the human souls, and as expected, they're now being caught by the Taliban. Here we go. Human White, uh, Rights Watch reports, Taliban forces in Afghanistan have executed or disappeared more than 100 former police and intelligence officers in just four provinces since taking over the country in August. Uh, it goes on to say here the terrorists accessed employment records that the failed government of Afghanistan failed to protect or to destroy, using them to identify people for arrest and execution. 
Remember the yeah, Biden United States State Department sent a list to the Taliban of those needing out? Hey, here you go. Here's a kill list, you terrorist. My stars. Honesty, decency, hope, leaving nobody behind. Yeah. The uh, Human Rights Watch report says Taliban forces went to the home of Baz Muhammad. He was a national director of security. Former state intelligence agency arrested him. Relatives later found his body on the street. This is this is what this administration is doing uh, to our to our military. And it's sad, man. It is beyond. It's they're uh, they're turning it woke, and we know that. We know what they are up to. Uh, and I can say now, with uh, this generation that we're honoring today on Pearl Harbor Day, eighty years ago, we got to tap into something that they that they had. We have to. Ladies and gentlemen, it is customary on December 7th that we observe a moment of silence at 7.55 to commemorate the beginning of the attacks on Oahu. We will pay tribute to the 2,403 service members and civilians who lost their lives on that calm Sunday morning 80 years ago today. Indeed. We need to honor those and also those that are currently serving. And what this administration are doing to the service members today, young, healthy Americans, majority of them that are in the military. Well, yeah, I would say 90%. You might have some some guys that are getting up there in age that might be a colonel or something. But we do know the majority of young and healthy. You have to be. You have to be. You go through physical training. You have to pass tests. You got to do all this kind of stuff. You know that they are healthy, and they what they're doing is uh, they don't care about the health of their families. They don't care that they have uh, bypassed years of their twenties, putting time into a career to suddenly, oh, you're thirty eight. Oh, you're twenty eight. Oh, go find another gig. As uh, they've seen, more than ten thousand Air National Guard and Reserve troops. Uh, have not taken the uh, vaccine. The, the deadline has already passed uh, with this. So we're, we're going to be hearing more uh, uh, about this. That's uh, 11,000 troops. You're going, okay, Air National Guard and Reserve troops. Uh, well, that's important. Key. That's a factor we haven't even, even factored in with this. Uh, around 3,500 have received medical or administrative exemptions. Another 5,800 have applied for exemptions on religious grounds. How many of those have been approved so far? None. None. Uh, this attack on the military is uh, scary, and it should be. It should be. And, uh, you know, after the, uh, what do you call it, Adam Schiff? Uh, into inciting an erection, insurrection, which he did. Remember after January 6th how they went through purging, looking at military members' social media to see, I guess, if there were Trump supporters on there. Uh, that's scary times that we're living in. Uh, but we are honoring those today who uh, lost their lives in Pearl Harbor. And, uh, you know, I've, uh, I've seen some YouTube. We're really in that time period. It's like 1930s when they would, uh, you'd see some of those old films when the sound came out of Civil War veterans who were in their 90s and uh, 100. And they would talk to them. What was it like, the Civil War? And uh, Paul Leffler has sat down and talked with many of these guys that were at Pearl Harbor. So it reminded me of that when I watched on YouTube a Civil War veteran uh, I'm going to play you some of that audio coming up as they join me in studio here at the bottom of the hour. 
uh, Clovis Veterans Memorial District, Lorenzo Rios and uh, Paul Leffler will be in as we stop in honor 80 years ago today. At least 19 ships were damaged or destroyed over the course of the 75-minute sneak attack. World War II veterans say it's crucial not to just remember the attack, but to teach younger generations about it. A lot of them don't know what what led up to World War II and why we were in the war. Japanese forces intended to declare war on the U.S. before the bombing, but that message was not relayed to officials in Washington, D.C. until the attack was already in progress. Hey, going to come back and give Senator Bob Dole more time than I gave yesterday. I did mention it yesterday, but a little more in depth. He was a World War II hero and a Republican fighter. More on Bob Dole passing next. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Thank you all so much. What a super Tuesday. Had a little sunshine there for a minute or two, didn't we? Uh, but I tell you, this this actually feels good, having some cloud. And we got a chance of some rain on Thursday. And I saw rain in the forecast next week as well. Uh, looking like here, as we've seen. Uh, yesterday with the Congressman Nunes, CEO with Trump Media breaking, I uh, mentioned it in passing, but I want to get more into this, the, the passing of former Kansas Senator Bob Dole. He died Sunday at the age of 98. He died in his sleep. I mean... To live 98 years and to die in your sleep. If I could write my script, that would be it. He served in the United States of America faithfully for 79 years. He was born back in 1923 in Kansas. He was a great athlete at the University of Kansas, and then World War II broke out. He enlisted a year later in the U.S. Army Reserve Corps, was assigned to active duty in June of 43. Uh, a few months into that deployment in uh, April of 45, uh, Bob Dole led an assault on Hill 913. Soldiers taking heavy artillery and aerial fire. He saw a fellow soldier go down. He went to help pull him into a manhole, and as he scrambled out, he said he felt a sharp sting in his shoulder. He collapsed onto the battlefield. Nine hours he was out there before medics could get him to a field hospital. He spent the next two and a half years at a medical center in Battle Creek, Michigan. He was in the head-to-hip plaster cast. He uh, lost a kidney. He lost full use of his right arm. Uh, he gave for this country, and then he uh, came he back. returned to the U.S., Dole became a lawyer, served in the Kansas State Legislature, and in 1960 was elected to the U.S. House of Representatives. Eight years later, he won a seat in the U.S. Senate, where he became the Republicans' longest-serving Senate leader. And like everybody here, I'm an optimist. I've Dole was a staunch defender of President Nixon during the Watergate era. He was known for his sharp tongue and legislative skills and joined Gerald Ford at the bottom of the GOP ticket in the 1976 presidential race. But the two Republicans lost to Jimmy Carter and Fritz Mondale in the general election. Dole ran for president twice in the 1980s, before getting the nomination in 1996, and running with New York Congressman Jack Kemp. Let me be the bridge to a time of tranquility, faith, and confidence in action. It's your decision. They lost to President Bill Clinton and Al Gore. After retiring from the Senate in 1996, Dole devoted his later years to the cause of wounded war veterans. We owe them a debt. 
He was a driving force behind the World War II memorial on the National Mall. He also aided the political ambitions of his second wife, Elizabeth, who launched an unsuccessful bid for president in 2000 and then served one term in the U.S. Senate from North Carolina. Part of the greatest generation here. Ned Barker, Associated Press. Thank you, Ned. Uh, Bob Dole, man. And I always think back to that that horrible moment. Do you remember during the 96 campaign? Because he wasn't a real young man. Let's see, 96, 06. What was that, 25 years ago, 90? So he was probably, what, in, in his 70s. And he was uh, on the stage campaigning, and he fell off. Remember that? He stepped, and he went, bam, and he get, got right back up. I was like, there you go. That's the Bob Dole that I know uh, getting up. But sad that, that he passed. And it's the story I said yesterday. Uh, it, it, it shows a whole lot about the 1900s, doesn't it? That in 1996, at a hip-hop uh, rap label, I could wear my Bob Dole for president hat. Nobody would give me any crap at all. Uh, it was just you, you could freely walk around in America and have a, an opinion, and people respected it. My word. Uh, today, the 80th anniversary of the Pearl Harbor attack, December 7th. It, it's always in my mind, and I it was in the late 90s. I, uh, I, I go back to Memphis, Tennessee, and I remember on Pearl Harbor Day, my friend Michael Woodall got hit by a car outside our school. He broke his leg. But uh, I equate that, and in the late 90s, I looked him up somehow, and you know, I hadn't talked to him since seventh grade, and he's all, who? I'm like, Trevor Carey, remember, you got hit by a car on Pearl, he's like, you're calling me on Pearl Harbor Day? I remember this. Yes, Trevor. Uh, so I think of him every Pearl Harbor Day, but as we really think back about the veterans, and uh, the, you know, a lot of these veterans would say, yes, America has to unite today. Uh, that's how we overcame fascism, but it's a lot harder when uh, your fellow Americans back the fascism, right? So uh, we got to find some strength here in this country that that generation possessed, and it's quite fascinating. And Paul Leffler, he's a, I'll call him a veteran activist. He said he cheers them on. Uh, he sat down and talked with some of these guys that were there, uh, you know, seeing the fires, uh, having their bodies burned by the fires of the of the Arizona. We got some of that audio, and I'm going to talk to Paul and get into uh, some of these stories that he's heard over the years. And believe me, this is like putting it in the history vault, man, getting these uh, types of interviews. It's the history channel in, in real life. And uh, we'll talk to Clovis Veterans and Memorial Districts. Uh, CEO Lorenzo Rios as well. Both gentlemen are coming in, a day that will live in infamy. And we're here to pause and honor the sacrifice of 80 years ago today. We'll talk with Lorenzo and Paul next. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Two thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator. 2000X. 
This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. Go right now to 4 slash on the right to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included for free. So go to 4 slash on the right. That's 4Patriots, the number 4, patriots.com slash on the right. Listening to the Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. The nation is pausing today on this 80th anniversary of the surprise attack on Pearl Harbor. It did nothing short of change the course of human history. And this morning, some of the last survivors are gathering in Hawaii to remember and to reflect of the Americans who died there. It takes time to get a dozen or so 90 somethings and 100 somethings off a bus. They'd just flown in from the mainland. They are World War II veterans in Hawaii for the 80th anniversary. The two gentlemen sitting across from me personally know those types of men they were talking about right there in the morning news. Clovis Veterans Memorial District's Lorenzo Rios. Lorenzo, good to see you, sir. Likewise, Trevor. Thanks for uh, having me here. You, you look, you got a Christmas smile on your face. Are you in the mood? Absolutely. You in the mood? Absolutely. Paul Leffler, you're always you always got a Christmas look on your face in March, man. You you always got that smile. Uh now Lorenzo, you're a veteran, Paul, uh, unlike uh, like myself, we cheer them on, right? Amen. When they walk by, we uh we pay attention. And uh, I call you a veteran activist. I think you'll wear that title, won't I'll you? I'll take it. Yeah. Uh Lorenzo, you guys had a big event this morning. Yes. Uh we uh, brought the community together and all our veterans organizations all partnered together to uh Take pause and remember uh, those who have uh, done so much to make our country the great nation that it is. How many in the Valley here are still in, uh, maybe they weren't at Pearl Harbor, but served in Germany or served in World War II? Can we count them on one or two hands? Can we still, Paul, do you know? World War II veterans? Yeah. Are we down to one hand almost? No, no. We still have, uh, you know, several hundred, uh, if not you know, maybe in the thousands, but I, wow. but it's not going to be that, much longer. And and we do have some World War II veterans from right here in the Valley who are there at Pearl Harbor today. Right. Yep. And a couple of them are going to be coming home Thursday afternoon. So if people want to be at the airport and surprise them when they come back from this trip to Hawaii, uh, Thursday at noon is when pen. their American Airlines flight lands. Thursday noon, twelve oh seven to be exact. Well, we got. How about have, that? Twelve oh seven. Yes. Because of twelve seven. Was that set up intentionally, or is that a coinky do? That is a. I like that coinky do. (laughs) Coinky do. How do you spell that? uh, uh, (laughs) Coinky do. I'll I'll, I'll text you. Noon on Thursday, uh, the Pearl Harbor twelve oh seven. Yeah, they'll be alive uh, arriving at Fresno Airport. Wow. Uh, So, how many? When I saw CBS this morning doing that, and they showed a a lot of gentlemen in the wheelchairs on the sidewalk out there, I was wondering. I wonder if those are some of the Valley guys that. You're, you were talking about getting to head over there. Uh, Paul, you've been able to sit down. And this gentleman right here, I, I want to play Mr. Don Stratton. And you, you asked him here. I'm sure they say, how in the world did you survive? You ever wonder that yourself? Well, it had to be a lot of, to do with the good Lord, I guess. And uh, But uh, we were kind of trapped up there. We got out of the director and on the deck there. And the, 
the vessel was alongside a repair ship, and we got a hold of a seaman there that told us a heaving line with a that's a line with a lead on the end to stretch it out, and they small line, and then he added a big heavier line, and we pulled that across, and we tied it off on the Arizona, and we started hand over hand across it, and we we were already burnt. I was burned like over. 60% of my body, I guess. Wow. And you sit down, Paul, and you, you hear these stories. It's it's a time capsule you're building. Yeah, and, and hopefully it's something that, you know, beyond honoring the past and giving perspective to the present, it, it informs and inspires the future, Trevor, because that gentleman, Don Stratton, yeah, was burned over 60% of his body, then climbed down that line that another sailor disobeyed an order to throw to him that saved his life then spent the next year in a hospital recovering from those burns, and then said, oh, I got my discharge. You know what, Mom and Dad, sorry, I want to go right back in the Navy because I never got to fight. I was burned before the, the war even started. You know, the very first moments of the war, he was basically incapacitated from fighting, and he wanted to fight for his country. And when you hear a story like that, it sure makes the things in your life seem awfully small, and whatever courage you think you've mustered seemed really infinitesimal. So he was an amazing guy. One of the last survivors of the Arizona passed away last year. His son and granddaughter are there right now at Pearl Harbor. And it's it's amazing, Lorenzo, I know you know this, what a small world it is. Don Stratton later was a, a diver in Santa Barbara. And one of the guys he dove with, you know, deep sea diving, was uh, a Marine Corps veteran named Ed Wood. Ed's son, Ralph, has been on Fresno television for 40 years doing sports here forever. And, and Ed is another guy we got to take on an honor flight. Uh, but, it, you know, these relationships, these connections, and when you hear those stories, it just really grabs you and, and helps you realize that Pearl Harbor is important to remember and that we can never forget and we need to, as every Pearl Harbor survivor I've ever met says, keep America alert. Indeed. And as Paul mentioned right there, when Mr. Stratton got back out or recovered from his burns after a year in the hospital. But you sign up to go back and you end up fighting the rest of the war. Why? Why was that so important to you? Well, it's just one of those things that happens, I guess. Felt like I, maybe I should be there, but I, whatever happened, but that's the way it worked. That's the way it worked. That was the mentality. They Absolutely. didn't complain. They didn't say, I mean, t- you would think that after you got out a year out of the hospital, Ben, and you would go back for your hometown parade, kiss your sweetheart, and go back to live in your, you know, eating hamburgers and live in your, your life. You You sacrificed. Wow, he went back and uh, went through uh, quite a few more battles. Listen to him talk about how many how many pounds of ammo blew up around him. A million pounds of ammunition, and it blew up. That just was a fireball that just engulfed us up there where we were at, and no way to escape. When you're engulfed in flames and your flesh is burning and you're trapped and you can't go anywhere, what do you do? <laughs> you're just trying to get out away from the flames and thinking about how the hell am I going to get out of here. And I mean, just amazing stories. And I, I think you sent me about a 10-minute snippet of that. I want to hear more from these guys. Uh, you you have them out there, right? Uh, we'll, sure. We'll love to play more of these. Lorenzo, you hear these stories uh, as well. And isn't it, isn't it sad how you would probably maybe go around to, I don't know, fifth grade, seventh grade, high school? Hey, uh, D- Pearl Harbor, What what is that? That's probably what we would hear, right? Do you think, I mean, there might be some kids that, but it's it's probably not taught today and made a big deal in school today. Uh, the reason why we need to keep this, I you said, is our awareness, right? Keep us aware. Well, I think we, we forget that um, December 7th 
was uh, an, another ordinary day. Um, some folks were sleeping in because it was uh, Sunday. And um, some folks were preparing to go play some sports. Other folks were uh, enjoying the fact that it was a weekend. And it, it was just a wonderful slice of heaven that all of a sudden turned into hell. Because we were staying out of the war. That was pretty much That's right. We were sentiment. staying out. And we, hey, that's their fight. Uh, that's not something for us. And there was a desire to strike fear into America and have that fear be a reason to stay away. That was uh, a miscalculation. The American spirit was not going to be defined by fear. And I think Truman did a beautiful job of reminding us. And to this today, we, we realize uh, what's happening in uh, Ukraine. Uh, Putin is very clear on what he's doing, and he's mounting uh, forces there. We see what China is doing by firing off a um, subsonic uh, or hypersonic uh, missile. Uh, we see what base in the Atlantic. We see what's happening with uh, Kim Jong Un. Uh, all, all of these activities are reminding us that we live in a world where bad things happen. But we've created a bubble around everyone uh, where we want to talk so nicely that we don't want to shock the senses. And on December 7, 1941, our senses were shocked. Would we fight back today? That's a hard question because now we, we might find reasons why that would be a, something wrong. But quite frankly, we've got to remember that this is still the only country that people are willing to die to come and be a part of because the dream that they can be something beyond what somebody else dictates and what other people would subject them to is still America. America is a dream that's much bigger than any politician who would like to uh, subjugate everyone to. We must remember what our forefathers established. They established this remarkable government that is under one God, that the government is not God, but instead it is here to provide us the, the means for us to be able to pursue those dreams. Those who have grown into this belief that they are gods, and I don't care if they're at the local, state, or national level, need to remember that they are here to make the space available for people to be able to pursue those dreams. And I'll tell you, I have had the pleasure and honor of working with service members in Iraq and Afghanistan, and that spirit of fighting for something that is much bigger than oneself is still very much alive. And when you see veterans of the current era talking to World War II veterans, the one thing that we, we discover is that while the age difference is pretty significant, the experiences are very similar. And when they start telling their stories, the gruesomeness and gross that everybody else around may say that's disgusting, you'll find this camaraderie that they can connect with because they understand what that experience is and they find this youthful um, connection. You'll see a, a 97, 100-year-old talking to a 20-year-old who just came back from Iraq and all of a sudden you see that 19-year-old come back to life in that 100-year-old and they speak as if though they're brothers. And that, that camaraderie, that sense of spirit, the fighting for each other, fighting for a country that is worth fighting for is still very much alive. And I think it's so important that we remember if America falls asleep at the wheel, it does not mean that everyone around us who would seek to bring us harm will uh, use that as a reason why not to attack. But it may use that as an incentive. And quite frankly, you know, we were reminded by Reagan that freedom is not passed on by DNA. 
it is something that every generation must step up and defend. And I think it's so appropriate that today we remember uh, what occurred then and the the American spirit that was shown. And I think uh, those brave 2,403 souls that were lost uh, reminded us that America was worth it. And subsequently, 400,000, over 400,000 lives were lost. But had that not taken place, first of all, I don't know that we'd be speaking the language that we do. And I don't know that we'd be living the lives that we do today. Those beautiful words are just brought to you by Clovis Veterans Memorial District's Lorenzo Rios, in-studio guests, along with Paul Leffler, the 80th anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor. More next. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. The Trevor Carey Show on the Valley's Power Talk. Surprise strike by the Imperial Japanese Navy at Pearl Harbor at 7.48 a.m. 80 years ago today. 22,403 U.S. personnel, 68 civilians, 19 U.S. Navy ships, including eight battleships. Lorenzo, you love military, you love strategy. Uh, our aircraft carriers weren't sitting there in the harbor that day, were they? No, we, we, uh, luckily, uh, they were out conducting operations, and had they been there, that this, this would have been a different situation altogether. And uh, Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and Paul Midway Leffler over here, uh, the, the Battle of Midway, our, our big victory there, man. Uh, Absolutely. You, you, and we have a, a guy from Clovis who, who's at Lorenzo's place every Monday morning. You know, they have a veterans class there at the Clovis Veterans Memorial District where gentlemen and ladies come and share their stories from service. And this guy, Al Bloomer, was on the Enterprise, which was a huge part of what happened at Midway. He's at Pearl Harbor right now with my friend Donnie Edwards and the Best Defense Foundation. I've been getting pictures uh, sent back. He looks like he's just having an unbelievable time. Uh, so they've been to the USS Missouri yesterday, of course, at Pearl Harbor and the Arizona Memorial today, tomorrow. They're going to be at the Punchbowl Cemetery, where so many remains were buried. And even today, Trevor, this is a, an ongoing story. Eighty years later, they are identifying some of those remains, mostly from the USS Oklahoma, which after the Arizona had the, the greatest loss of life that day, uh, they just identified, I believe, another 33 sailors from the Oklahoma who for 80 years, their families have not known exactly where they were. How do they do that? I mean, DNA. You, yeah, okay. it's amazing. It's a very long, drawn-out process, but there are families. Well, I, I guess I'm. Yeah. I guess they're still finding bones and whatnot. Is I mean, well, they had some basically remnants? mass graves at that Punchbowl Cemetery okay. that they're able to now with technology to go through and say, okay, let's give them a proper burial. Oh, I with see. The headstone okay, and the name. They're not yeah. still finding them in right. Okay, they they removed them that day or a few yes. days after. Yes. Uh, Lorenzo, you were talking about a, a amazing uh, fact here: the the sets of brothers that were at Pearl Harbor. Right. There, there were so many. I was just looking at the um, uh, the USS Arizona uh, alone. Uh, there were there were thirty eight sets of brothers lost, and we're just talking one ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, families were impacted. That's why here at, at the Memorial District, you know, we always re- remind folks: the all gave some, and some gave all. Uh, the, their sacrifice and that of their families will never be forgotten. Because uh, the like Paul was talking about for some of these families. The war has been very much alive in them. Not knowing what happened to their loved one has not allowed them to put that to rest. And so finally being able to find peace, understanding that they lost their loved one, but to be able to now know their resting place does allow for some closure. 
And uh, yeah, the the family aspect of this uh, that we hear. My son was out of country for two months, non-combat. And just what that, you know, talking to my uh, daughter-in-law, you know, and to him. And that was non-combat for a few months. Imagine tours and not knowing when you wake up in the middle of the night here in America to go to the bathroom or to get a glass of milk, you're thinking... They're fighting right now somewhere on the Absolutely. other side of the the world in that mental aspect of it. And society then, uh, Paul, you're a, you love history. Uh, you know, coming out of the Depression, you know, a whole group of young guys didn't have a whole lot of job opportunities. And uh, as you've mentioned before, a lot of these young men, their, their military salaries help the families back home. Absolutely. You're coming out of the Great Depression. And these are, are young men from Nebraska and South Dakota and Oklahoma who are just trying to help their families survive, have never been at sea before, didn't Maybe expect not even a war left to their come. state before. Yeah, many of them had never been a sh- on a ship, and they had more people on the ship than in their hometown where they came from. And, and they're thrown right into that. And think about the lack of technology. I mean, now the smartphones and all that, we know what happens instantly. There were families, I mean, they hear on the radio, and everyone who was alive then remembers where they were when they heard the radio. And the next day they heard the president, Roosevelt, addressing the nation and calling it the day of infamy. Everybody remembers that. But for so many of those families, they hear that on the radio. And those thousands of servicemen on Oahu, whether it's at Pearl Harbor or at Hickam Field or Wheeler Field or all these installations all over the island, they don't know if their son's alive or dead for weeks. I mean, just imagine that, because they had to go start fighting this war. I mean, the ships are going right back out to sea. They don't necessarily have access to a telephone. And I've talked to a lot of guys, you know, when they got sent out on the next ship, it was, okay, here's a postcard, send it to your family. Mm-hmm. And a couple weeks later, mom and dad find out, oh, I guess he's still alive. Just imagine as a parent what that must have been like. And I always think of uh, the moms out on the clothes hanger line seeing that military car come down the street and the the dressed in uniform get out and just they fall to the ground in tears they they know what's coming uh paul leffler got to interview uh the gentleman mr don stratton that was there and he explained here how he got out that day so you get down to that other ship the vestal which is next to the arizona i've interviewed a couple guys who are on that ship and they've described what your ship looked like but once you got aboard on the vestal there's still a lot going on probably what did you see from there well it just we stood around there for quite a while. The vessel was busy with firing their guns and whatever and trying to get away from the side of the Arizona and the explosion. And they finally got us in the shore boat and took us to the beach. And they picked us up in an open-air truck and took us to the hospital. And how long were you in the hospital? A year. And as Paul told us, he was in a year, got out, went back to battle again. A lot of those soldiers were down and there were empty guns sitting there. And, Paul, you tell the story of the the young black soldier that wasn't allowed, right, to, to fire that gun. But he got up in that turret and went to town. If anybody, you know, has, has never heard of Dory Miller, Google that name, Dory Miller, D-O-R-I-E Miller. He's one of the great heroes of not just Pearl Harbor but World War II because he wasn't worried about what he was allowed to do. He saw his shipmates, even in a segregated military, saw his shipmates in danger and on the USS West Virginia was able to shoot down enemy planes and save lives. And I'm so excited that there is an aircraft carrier, a brand new one that's in construction now that's going to be named after Dory Miller. And Trevor, I want to make sure we we understand what Lorenzo said a moment ago too, because he brought up our current military. And this is an all-volunteer force. Every young man and woman in our military has said, I want to do this. No one's forcing them to. They're invested in that cause greater than themselves, as Lorenzo said. 
and and I have great confidence that if we are attacked again, the men and women in the military will respond. I think the bigger question is the rest of us at home, because in World War II, it was all Americans who did something, who united, and that is the question if we're ever attacked again. Will we be able to muster that same kind of unity that they did in World War II? Love of country, correct. Uh, Lorenzo, last 20 seconds, yes or no, do you think we've been lulled into a sense of protection right now? I think prosperity has an intoxication um, that is far greater than we realize. Mm. And, and it, uh, I think the comment that has been reminded uh, that our World War II veterans, and in particular our Pearl Harbor uh, survivors, will remind us ever vigilant, to remain ever vigilant. Um, we, this peaceful experience can change overnight. Uh, there was a time where people thought the idea of losing freedoms was impossible. This last year, we were reminded that those freedoms will uh, disappear overnight. And uh, so it, it's... I, I think the attack on America has actually increased patriotism, I think, as well. People feel it. Paul Leffler, he's an activist for all these veterans, cheering them on like I do as well. Lorenzo Rios, thank you for your service and for your love of these people. Both of you guys, you love these veterans, and it shows. Let's not forget America's worth it. Amen. Yeah. And our valley loves our veterans. Indeed. Thank you, gentlemen. It's Pearl Harbor Day. Teach your kids about it tonight. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.